Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show, that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. And we're back. You're listening to McNamara on Money, educating the investors of the South Shore and the Merrimack Valley, Massachusetts. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed. Thank you for joining us this morning. I am joined this morning in studio by Bernadette Faulkner, who's a long-term care and life insurance planning specialist what what do you call yourself exactly an insurance specialist an insurance advisor but i specialize in life and long term i don't do property casually all sorts of other things got it life insurance and long-term care insurance and i would i would add to that that i most often work with advisors because it is a component of people's plans. Yeah. Um, I do have individual clients that come to me looking directly to, you know, go for the insurance. And I'm talking specifically about long-term care. Yeah. Life insurance is more simple. Yeah. Lots of people come to me for just that. But with long-term care, it it is best when it's in married to um, sort of a referral from an advisor because it's being fit into a retirement plan and into protecting a whole asset pool. Yeah. So. There you go. Um, I like referring people to you because you specialize in long-term care. Like, I think there's a lot of life insurance professionals that kind of do a little bit of long-term care. And I think long-term care insurance is... I think it's much more interesting. I really do. <laughs> I do. Oh, I think it is too, actually. Yeah. But I think it's it's cha- like it's it, it's evolved a lot yes. in recent years, certainly a lot more than life insurance, it seems to me. And it's pretty complicated and, again, ever-evolving. 
and I think it's nice to have um, a, an insurance person that sort of specializes in that versus does it like here and there on the side. So, um, so that's great. And actually, while we're thinking of it, why don't you give out your contact information for people? So um, my um, company is Faulkner Advisor Insurance Advisory, and I'll give you a, a phone number, and I will leave my business card with the um, the radio station. Okay. Or you, you can actually call McNamara Financial if you want my contact information. Sure. But you could call me at 781-856-7694 or check in with McNamara Financial. They'll Great. give you my number. Great. If you didn't write that down fast enough. Well, we'll I'll always direct people to the right place. Um, all right. So what we wanted to do, again, is we're talking about the changing landscape of long-term care planning. And I think it's changing because, and Bernadette has confirmed that, um, you know, t- 10 or 15 years ago, um, well, I guess I'll, I'll back up a second. There are, in the world of, I want to transfer my risk of needing long-term care and, and, and purchase an insurance pool of money that would help me fund long-term care if I need it in the future. In, in that world, there historically has been, the primary option has been what I would call traditional long-term care insurance, where you are insuring against um, you, you or your spouse that there's, you know, individual policies and then there's like couples policies and we can talk a little bit about that. Um, but there, you, you know, you're, you're purchasing a pool of money to be spent should one of you need care in the future. Custodial care, as we talked about earlier, not medical care, custodial care. Um, so, you know, I, it seems to me that like for a long, and and by the way, traditional long-term care hasn't been around nearly as long as life insurance, right? Oh, it's only been around 30, 40 years. Exactly. 50 like maybe. 30, 35-ish years okay. versus, yeah, close to 100 for life insurance. Okay. It's a relatively new category right. in the insurance world. And, and so... E- because it's relatively new, I think that there, it has had to evolve in terms of pricing and options um, because, you know, 35, 40 years ago when these products first started coming out, the insurance companies had no data in order to help them calculate effectively, you know, what... What, what these should cost. Right. What, how do I price these? Because, you know, how do I price them appropriately knowing how many... How many many people will purchase them what will my claims rate be and and at, you know at, um so so they didn't have enough data i think to price them properly years and years and years ago and what that's translated to is that the industry and these long-term care insurance policies evolving pretty rapidly it seems to me and quite honestly that means they've evolved in into uh, more costly for people that are purchasing them now versus years ago. And I think also fewer options now than like a decade ago and probably two decades fewer before that. Fewer providers, fewer insurance companies offering them. That's true. Fewer competition may mean, yeah. yeah. Every, okay. every insurance company was in this business um, when it first started. Most of them didn't do a good job at it and dropped out because they they weren't being successful. The best companies have sort of gotten you know decades of experience and risen to the top. So there's fewer yeah. people offering it, fewer companies. They're better products. How many how many companies offer it in Massachusetts? Like uh, two? Well, you know, five three? or six. Oh, okay. if you, but there's two or three that are most commonly the okay. ones that are best priced, et cetera. Yeah. But there's probably six. Um, one of the. Uh, and these products have evolved in the last several decades. 
I think in one way they've evolved for the better, and that's the fact that they're they're, they're now what we call comprehensive policies. Because I don't know if you hear this a lot, but I hear this from time to time that someone, you know, we're, we're starting this conversation about long-term care insurance and what is it and why might this be appropriate for you? And something that I hear pretty often is, you know, I such and such person had a policy from years ago and then they needed it and it didn't pay. And I'm never buying that insurance because it doesn't pay. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think what has happened Happened, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, is that policies issued 30, 40 years ago were more limited in scope in terms of what and where, I'm sorry, where they may cover services. Like they were, someone might have purchased a nursing home policy. Whereas now, I think all or the majority of the policies that are purchased are what we call comprehensive policies, where it doesn't matter where someone chooses to receive their care, as long as they qualify to receive their care, you know, medically, um, to, I'm sorry, to receive their benefits, they, but they're, they're not like pigeonholed into, I have to be in a nursing home, whereas we talked about earlier, a lot of people want to stay at home. That that seems to me what what is why there's a lot of there there are some people that, um, you know, sort of don't believe in it because they knew someone who had because a policy parents, from years ago, or right? Some yeah, someone who bought the policy twenty years ago, twenty five years ago, was just going on claim and finding that out. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so sort of the 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 short version of that is that when it when policies were first introduced 30 35 years ago it was the wild west everybody got yeah. into the business and everybody designed it the way they thought it was designed and there was a lot of fine print so there, there were more than a few situations where policies were very targeted to you can only have your care in a nursing home or only at in-home care but not nursing home etc when people started going on claim they realized the details of their policy didn't fit their need yeah and th- there were some some unhappy people a lot of the policies were great and paid off and and you know people received their benefits but it wasn't working very well yeah um, really kind of fast forward the government stepped in the federal and state reg- insurance regulators stepped in and said time out insurance companies, if you want these policies to have benefits that are tax-free, if you want this to qualify as a tax-free policy, which is huge, um, it needs to follow this structure. And quickly, the, the structure of the policies across the board all became the same. And they mm. became really comprehensive. Okay. Basically, it's your money. You spend it where you want. There are no limitations except that you really do need care. That's about it. Um, and the tax-free element of it is not was not only important to regulating the industry and getting these policies in line, but it, it's also important to the person who eventually is receiving services. Right. Because if you receive $120,000 of services through an insurance company, uh, um, you're going to get a 1099 about that. But it's tax free. It's tax free. Yeah. So one of the ways that these long-term care insurance, these uh, excuse me, long-term care insurance policies have evolved in a good way, yeah. is that I that that they are comprehensive in terms of where someone can and receive consistent. care. If you look yeah. at company okay, A, B, C, yeah. or D, you're not comparing details in the fine print. Yeah. You're comparing costs. Right. So the nature of traditional long-term care insurance is such that you pay a premium for life or for the period of time between when you take out the policy and when you 
uh, put in a claim, right? So That's right. It's like disability. You pay premiums while you're well. Yeah. And when you start drawing down your policy, when you start needing care, your premiums stop. And okay. that's the disability insurance works like that, too. Right. So you, you, you know, you, we don't need to get, I don't think we need to get into all the details today. Yeah. But when you purchase a policy, you know, you're deciding, um, you're, you're, you design up, you go through like this design process. What are my choices? I need to, you know, select how much, the amount of the benefit you're going to purchase. It's like, it's similar to life insurance where you're selecting like the death benefit. Right. With long-term care insurance, you're selecting like, your you're selecting money, your pool of money. size of your policy. How much per month could I draw when the time, if and when the time comes, you know, your inflation options so that that pool of money that you can draw from grows over time right, as things, care yeah. has grown over time. So there, you, you know, you go through this design um, process and uh, obviously Bernadette, uh, should you use Bernadette, walks you through that process of designing a policy that's best for you and oftentimes that's driven by um, your comfort level with paying premiums and stuff like that. Right. But generally speaking, the traditional policies are such that you pay in for that period of time while you're well, as you said. And if you are the if you end up passing away before you ever need care, then you don't receive anything back from the insurance company. Right. There's it, no yeah. there's no return of premium. There's return. no death benefit. Right. There's yeah. It's the same as your health insurance or your car insurance. You can look at it that way or your home yep. insurance. If you have an event that is triggered and the insurance covers it, great. If you never have that event, yep. there's no reimbursement at the end of your right. insurance premium. And I don't even know if they offer these anymore, but there used to be policies that you could select where you could select a return of premium policy, but the premiums then skyrocketed. You, it, it's so, still offered. Yeah. Oh, okay. It, it is. It doubles the size of the premium. No one ever yeah, chooses no, it, that. It's, it's, yeah, it's ridiculous. So, I mean, the return of premium options. So, it, it's the primary concern, it seems to me, that people have with the traditional policies. And by the way, I think that they are suitable for certain people. I, I, I have Absolutely. recommended and likely will continue to recommend that people Absolutely. look into this insurance. I'm not I'm not trying to talk people out of it, but I, but what I'm, I, I'm, the direction I'm going is talking about another option. But the, the the concern that a lot of people have is, well, number one, the premiums aren't inexpensive, you know, relative, relatively speaking. I, I, we could talk all, you know, we could, well, certainly there's, there's, we could point out the value in the policies in terms of if your premium is 3000 a year, but you have $300,000 to borrow from when the time comes, like it's, you know, insurance is leverage, right? You're paying a little bit for the potential to have a lot. Right. Um, so, but anyway, the, the nature or the concern that, that some people have is, well, what if I don't need it? What if I never need care? What if I just have a heart attack and die? That's an awful thing to think about. But what, what if I, what if I pass before um, using anything from this policy and I've spent X thousands of dollars? on it um, so I and I and I it's hard to argue that I mean we can throw statistics around but 30% of people won't need care so you know I, I just think that that's a concern and, and sort of why Bernadette and I you know came here this morning is that we wanted to make people aware of this other option this hybrid option which has its place in the world just like traditional long-term care has its place in the world I think and I think they're appropriate there's certainly people that you know overlapping people that they're appropriate for but I also think that there are separate people that these um, things are appropriate for but the the nature of these um, hybrid policies is that it's a life insurance policy with a death benefit and you can However, if you need long-term care services in your lifetime, you can access a pool of money for long-term care services. 
And it, you know, yes, it draws down the death benefit. So if you used up enough, you wouldn't have a death benefit, but it eliminates that concern of I'm never going to get anything from this insurance company because you're either going to use it for long-term care or someone is going to receive a death benefit. Your beneficiaries are going to receive a death benefit. So I think it like people are, it seems to me that people in my conversations with clients, people warm to that discussion easily, more easily. They're more open to, all right, I'll take a look look at that because people and I think part of that is I, I don't think people ever questioned the value of life insurance right? right certainly there are people that don't need life insurance right people that are independently wealthy or don't have young kids or they've accumulated enough wealth that they no longer need it so certainly there's a subset of people that don't need life insurance but everyone recognizes the value in life insurance probably at some point in their life right, right. so it's a more I don't know. Is it, it's a more well-respected insurance product, maybe just in general. Well, it's it's easier to. It, there's a defined benefit in life insurance. Yeah. You and if you have that need or want to leave money to someone else, the person who's insured in a life insurance um, policy is not going to benefit from it. Right. 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 But it, it's a very defined amount of money that some beneficiary, some family member, spouse, um, you know, charity is. Going going to get it's a guarantee yeah. if you pay your premiums every year you know you know after you pass away there's a big check coming at you it's simple yeah. to understand and you either know in your own gut and in your own financial situation that's important to me and it works or it's not yeah long-term yeah. care is a much more vague risk in people's minds yeah um so there's a, a more of a hesitancy to look at the products yeah it's also I, I've always, I, you know, I, again, I go back to talking about home insurance and, and health insurance and car insurance. You legally have to get car insurance. It's the same situation every year you pay that big bill. Right, and, you know, right. Home insurance, same situation if you have a mortgage. You have to get it. Right. Um, health insurance. Who would live with the risk of not carrying health insurance, even though they may have one year after another after another right. of being healthy? Um, Long-term care insurance is just tips people over the edge, I think, mentally and financially. Yeah. As far as another insurance I need, and right. the risk is way out in the future, way out usually. So it's understandable people's emotional reactions to it. Yeah. And it's also, well, just this, the statistics, the, the, the cost of care in general, which we already talked about, is sub, so substantial. And the statistics are so substantial that those two things work against the purchaser in terms of pricing, right? Like, you know, a, a, a term life insurance policy is so cheap. You know, a $2 million term life insurance policy for someone who's like 45 is so inexpensive. Right. Because right. probably that's never going to pay out. Right. But it's it's just so much more likely that someone who purchases a long-term care insurance is going to use it. Is going to use it. Which makes the premiums higher. Which makes the premiums higher and so there's, yeah, there's a Yeah, and couple that with the fact that like insurance pools people's money together. That's what insurance is. It just it's taking lots and lots of people's monies and pooling them together and then it's paying claims to, you know, X percent of the those people in the pool that place a, that put in a claim, which isn't 100%, right? But but actually for long-term care 
it's it's probably such a it's such a high percentage of people that take a policy and put in a claim and it's a low percentage of ado- of adoption i'm i don't know what the statistics are but it's not an incredibly utilized insurance yet anyway maybe that will change i keep hoping that, that would change but we've been talking about that for a decade um and so they don't have the insurance companies don't they just also don't have like the economies of scale they don't have a big right. en- they don't right. have a big enough pool right. <laughs> to pr- to drop the prices um which is and, a total opposite probably, of term insurance you know right? there's there's we talked about this earlier there's all the people that are going to qualify for medicaid you know something like more than 40 percent, maybe close to 50% of people that are seniors have no savings. There's a, you know, such a huge number of people that are going to be covered by the government. You're moving into a much smaller group of people um, who have assets and the large majority of those people don't have massive assets. They have a solid amount to get through retirement. Yeah. So, and an, another insurance product that they may or may not use sometimes is not affordable. I was just thinking that like, you know, for the medic, oh no, I was thinking people were paying. I I was thinking about payroll taxes for a minute because we pay FICA taxes or payroll taxes or social security and Medicare. I was thinking it was Medicaid and I was going to make a parallel, but, but it's not, it's Medicare. I was thinking that people were paying in for long-term care their whole life to Medicaid, but they're not. I just no, my brain mixed that up for a minute, which well, I it's very common for people to mix up Medicare and Medicaid, yes. and I usually don't. But for a moment, yeah, my brain mixed those up. Anyway, so was, I would say you know you were talking we're, you, you, we've been focusing on the old tr- the traditional I won't call them old they're still great products but the original traditional long-term care products yeah. Um, you certainly um, hit on one of the sort of objections. Well, if I never use it, there's no return of premium. I may never need care. That's true. The reason people gravitate to those, every every situation is different. And I really keep emphasizing you need to sit down and talk to someone to find out what products might make sense. But the strengths in the traditional long-term care products, in my mind, the number one strength is you can, couples can get shared care. Mm. In yep. other words, you in, with insurance, you have to be individually insured in any situation. So if you're a couple and both apply and both take insurance, both people in the couple will have an insurance policy. You can add a rider where you can share your benefits. So it's like doubling the coverage. Right. Shared care is really powerful because there is a good likelihood that one spouse is going to be sicker than the other and need care longer than the other. Yeah. Um, shared care is, a, in my mind, a huge reason. Another reason is literally on a sort of annual basis, you get more bang for your buck with long-term care insurance. There's Absolutely. There's no question about yeah. it. You can get a much yep. bigger policy for a lower annual premium than the hybrids. Absolutely. So, it, you know, for people that are, you know, couples should consider it. May not be the answer, but they absolutely should consider it. And people who really think they're going to have some health problems, yeah, um, you're going to, for the size premium you pay, you're going to get more insurance. Yeah. I, I just had this question yesterday with a woman, with a client who is, um, she had purchased traditional long-term care years ago through her employer, actually, and still carries it. Um, Good and for about, her. Don't and drop it. it. Yep. And she's about to retire and it's portable of course and she can bring it with her and after she retires and um and she was just asking me about this because her sister was looking into these hybrid products and they were talking about it and you know her sister was all pumped about um uh 
you know, these hybrid products and they're so great. And so she was just kind of asking me like, hey, did I like, you know, did I make a mistake? Should I have got hybrid versus no. what I have? And I was kind of like, yeah, exactly. You, you, you Short answer, really no. really good decision <laughs> yeah. if you did that. And oh, don't yeah. don't ever drop it. Yep, yep. And, you, you know, it, uh, we're, we've been talking about the evolution of long-term care insurance. And one, unfortunately, one of the ways that the traditional policies have evolved is such that the premiums have increased over time and way, way more than inflation. Well, you know, has, again, to yeah. quickly address that, no question about it, the insurance companies did not do a great job of really determining what the premiums should be based on risk. They no. were projecting 20 years out how many people are going to need care. If you bought it at 55, they're projecting what's going to happen to you, you know, likely 20 years later or plus. They didn't do a good job and they really underpriced the products. Yeah. So there was a, an escalation of premiums that were, you know, painful. And I don't mean pe- people that had policies in place were not seeing the increases. New applicants were seeing the increases. Mm. The insurance companies, the few that have, are still left standing and doing a good job, have figured this out and they've priced their policies really appropriately now. The risk of seeing premium increases with the current policies is so much lower than it used to be. And oh, I okay, feel good. really yep. confident saying that yep. to people. Good. They've done a really good job of assessing the actuarial risk. Yeah. Um, they do not intend or expect to have to increase uh, premiums. When I talk to clients, when if we're getting closer to considering a traditional plan, I say they can't guarantee that they won't. And so what I the way I think we should approach this is you should assume the policy might go up 1% a year, the okay. premium. Okay. That that increase is probably going to be six or seven or eight years out, and it might be 8%, but they, they're not going to increase it every year. Right. But just for a comfort level, just think, you know, consider in your mind and in your budget that this could go up a little bit. Yeah. Um, I had a thought, Bernadette, and I lost it. Um, but yes, yeah, that's so, another uh, open-ended thing on yeah. traditional policies. So they I'm, don't guarantee that the premiums yeah. will never change. And the reason that's relevant is because in the right life insurance policies, the premiums are guaranteed. So on the da- so on the downside, the traditional policies are now priced. Uh, they're more expensive. They're, but the but the upside is that they. That's probably a predictable cost yes. for that person, a yes. more predictable cost than it was and years ago. And you get ago. more bang and, yeah. for your buck in general. With the, you can get more a larger pool of money for a smaller premium in general. Um, and the shared care to me is huge. Share, the shared care is huge. Not, huge. not to mention the insurance companies give discounts when two people take out a policy. Yes, yeah, so you get you, a significant discount, yeah. and you can literally, if if a spouse each had a half a million dollars in. Um, in coverage for long-term care with a shared care rider, one spouse can spend the whole million. I mean, that's like being yeah. doubly insured. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's a very powerful, um, you know, elevator, escalator to the pool of to, to your insurance. Yeah, and I, I talk to my clients about shared care all the time because if you're talking to a couple, the chance of them both needing long-term care is less than the chance of one of them needing long-term care services, right? right? You can't right. you can't argue that. So, um, yeah, I think shared care is is incredibly powerful, and that little timer means that we should wrap up and take a quick break. But we're not talking um, about anything but hybrids. Okay, I know. We, that's what we wanted to spend the whole show on. We were chatting earlier but, in the week. We're like, can we talk two hours oh, about hybrid policies? Well, we're leading <laughs> up not, to the yeah. good part. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so yeah, so after the break, we'll get into some of the details regarding these hybrid life. 
insurance, long-term care insurance policies. Uh, we'll get into some specifics, I think. We, Bernadette pulled some uh, quotes for some hypothetical people here of different ages, so we can talk about some of the pricing and some of the benefits and um, and, and and discuss those in a little bit more detail after the break. So great. Excellent. Um, so I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed. You're listening to McNamara on Money. My guest is Bernadette Faulkner, long-term care insurance specialist. And we are just going to take a quick break, and then we're going to get into the specifics um, regarding the changing landscape of long-term care insurance. Be right back. And we're back one more time. You're listening to McNamara on Money. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed. We are educating the investors of the South Shore in the Merrimack Valley. We broadcast on 980 AM WCAP in Lowell and 95.9 FM WATD in Marshfield. You can find out more about us at McNamaraFinancial.com. And you can find out more about uh, my guest, Bernadette Faulkner, via her phone number. My phone right? number, yes, yeah, 781-856-7654, um, or excuse me, 94, oh my gosh, or call McNamara Financial for my contact information. Yep. Um, and so again, that's my guest, Bernadette Faulkner, long-term care insurance specialist and life insurance and long-term care insurance planner. So, and I've known you for a long time. I can't believe how long. That's insane. Um, but I'm going to go back and look at my records yeah. and see when our 10-year anniversary is. Okay. I don't think it's quite 10. Okay. All right. And I'll be expecting a gift. Okay. No, I'm kidding. Um, all right. So we are, we've been here this morning. We're, we've been talking about um, sort of all things surrounding long planning for the potential for someone to need long-term care services. And we wanted to particularly focus on how that uh, the insurance industry um, has evolved uh, as there are insurance products that people can purchase who qualify, you know, from an underwriting standpoint, which we'll touch on. Um, there are insurance products that people can purchase to um, to help them fund long-term care in the future should they need it. So um, we've sort of been setting the stage for the fact that there is there are several options couple options in the world of the insurance products for long-term care. Um, I think most people kind of know, well, some people I think don't know that these insurance products exist. Sometimes in my conversations, I discover that people, oh, I didn't know there was insurance for that. Um, But I think the people that are familiar with that are more familiar with what we're calling the traditional long-term care products, which are very... um, uh, as you said, as compared with with the hybrid products, they're they're more robust. You get more bang for your buck, as you said. Um, very appropriate for very many people. The annual premiums are more reasonable than than the life insurance products that we'll discuss. Um, and then we just wanted to spend the last twenty or so minutes just talking about maybe some of the specifics regarding these life insurance hybrid, uh, life long term care hybrid policies. Did I miss something on nope. my quick nope. summary? That's perfect. Okay. So um, in advance of the show, so Bernadette, you pulled some illustrations for us or quotes, right? And so you pulled several of them, but um, do you want to, did you want to start by focusing on? Why don't I just describe what these are and how they work? Um, So it's, there's sort of a spectrum of products. I keep going back to it depends on your need. And sometimes people say things better than I can say it and articulate. So I want to read something that I think is a good summary. We're talking about a traditional long-term care option, straight-up long-term care insurance, versus um, what we're calling a hybrid policy, which is a combined life and long-term care policy. And there's a third option. There are um, life insurance policies that are primarily for life insurance, 
but you can draw down the death benefit early to pay for long-term care if you're in in, in, in a um, declining state. Mm. So there's really a spectrum of options. Yeah. And let, let, so just let me read this. They're short. I think it does nail who might start out looking at which version before you start looking at how much it costs. Um, long-term care, straight-up long-term care insurance, use it or lose it, is a good choice if you think you're likely to need long-term care based on your personal medical family history. You will get more bang for your buck. Yeah. The hybrids that we're talking about, the policies that are both a full life insurance policy and a full long-term care insurance policy, a good choice if you want to plan for long-term care just in case you need it, but also want the flexibility to use the funds to set aside for your heirs. You want to, to leave some legacy. Okay. You want to get a return of premium, basically, but you know you also want to leave some funds for family and heirs. The, the life insurance policies that have what they call riders, they're primarily life insurance policies, but you can draw down just the death benefit um, for long-term care kind of early before you die. It's a good choice if your primary goal is life insurance. Yeah. You're going to get the most bang for your buck in the life insurance part of it. But you want some pre- – and, and you need life insurance, obviously, to protect your heirs, not yourself. Uh, I thought those that third type – I thought that that third type was only – I thought you could only draw down the death benefit if, it w- if you had a terminal illness. Um, Not there, like a there, long... are, there are different kinds okay. of situations. Okay. There's something called a chronic illness rider. Right. There's an accelerated death benefit That might rider. be the one I'm thinking Except of. Okay. There's a couple of different versions of it, but basically it allows you to draw down your death benefit before you die. Right, okay. So if you have some kind of illness, um, you might end up drawing down some or even all of your death benefit yep. um, to pay for long-term care. There's no additional pool of money okay. beyond the death benefit, but yeah. basically you can get your death benefit early to yep. pay for your care. Okay. And it's a nice option. Yeah. Most whole or universal life policies have that option. Oftentimes it's free, but you need to check the box. If yeah. you don't choose it when you write the policy, it's okay. not going to be available to okay. you. If it's a more sophisticated version of it where you might be able to get your death benefit faster, it might have a, a, a cost to it. Okay. But... Um, most whole and universal life policies have that option, and it's a good option. If you have a half a million dollars in life insurance and you can draw some of that or a good portion of that early if you're sick, great. Yeah. So the the hybrid policies that we're talking about where it's actually a life insurance product, but it has a long-term care insurance component to it, I th- is it pretty standard? I think, and I, I like to think of them legally. It's on a. It's built on what they call a life insurance chassis. It's chartered as a life insurance. Um, I really think of it as a combined policy. It truly is. It is yeah. a life insurance policy, and it is a long-term care insurance policy. As far as bang for your buck, value for your money, it primarily has its value in the long-term right. care part of it. Oh, okay. The life insurance part of it is. Basically, a return of your premium. Okay, so but right. there's a huge and I saw that based on the illustration. Pool of yep. money, yeah, for long-term care if you need it. These policies that are hybrids are almost always six-year policies. They cover a lot of care. Okay, um, are they? Are is it pretty standard that they're structured in such a way where the pool of money you can borrow for long-term care? I'm sorry, you can spend for long-term care is like three times. The death benefit 
It's like a multiple yes. of the death benefit, right? Yes. So if you buy a hundred thousand dollar five ish times okay. the death benefit. Uh, yes. Okay. So for so for example, if someone takes out one of these hybrid policies and the death benefit is a hundred thousand dollars, generally speaking, the pool of money that they would be able to access if they needed long term care would be like three hundred and fifty thousand dollars, right? Yes. And okay. We have, that. we have an illustration here. I just yes. didn't know if that was pretty like pretty standard across. The providers. Yes, it's a. There, they are six-year policies. Okay. So the value of the policy is divided over six years. The first two years basically draw down your death benefit, and the year three through six is the additional extended long-term care benefit. Right. Okay. Yeah. So here's, for example, um, you pulled an illustration for a 50-year-old person. And the death benefit on this hybrid policy is is a, is a minimum of one hundred and thirty thousand dollars. Right. But the starting pool of money that this person could draw down for long term care is three hundred and eighty eight thousand dollars. Right. Three and, right. three ish times. Right. Yes. And so the and and these policies, you know, in my conversations with clients, I you know I I. I these are great because it, again, it takes away that uh, use it or lose it nature of traditional. Uh, other types of insurances. Use, if you don't use it, there's a you know a robust death penalty uh, death benefit to your heirs. Right, yes. right. And so you know if if you if someone does start drawing it down for long term care services, they draw down at the beginning dollar for dollar their death benefit. So they might pass and there's no death benefit, but that's okay because they've used the policy for long-term care services. And so I can see from your illustration that similar to traditional long-term care insurance, you can select um, an inflation option where that- Always. You okay. should get that on any of these policies, yes. Is it mandatory or they have- oh, they it's have, not, it's yeah, not that's mandatory not, The all. insurance company probably doesn't want you to purchase that. But, well, uh, yeah. It's well, not they price mandatory, it in, and, and yeah. um, it's a mistake to not get it. And anyone that knows what they're doing as far as being an advisor or an agent would absolutely, oh, absolutely. encourage that. I've never written a policy without one. I, okay. I, I think I'm pretty convincing, but people get it right away. I think I want... Well, and I'm, we probably should explain what it is. When you buy a pool of money for either for long-term care, say you buy $200,000, a policy worth $200,000 today, and you you know you have the policy issued. You've got it ready to go. Two hundred thousand dollars. Yep. Ten years from now, twenty years from now, that two hundred thousand dollars that you have in that pool of money mm. is going to buy half the amount of care yeah. because of inflation. You can add to these policies in inflation. They call it rider. Three percent compound is the most common, which means it's like a it's like a you know a really high paying CD. You start with two hundred thousand dollars, and it's going to compound grow every year to keep up with inflation. So five or ten or fifteen years out, you're going to still have the same amount of care available to you. Yeah, your pool of money might have doubled, but the cost of care would might have doubled also. And actually, people can see those inflation how how cost of care has inflated in recent years because that Genworth cost of care survey that we went through earlier in the show had inflation numbers tied to it. It was giving the annual cost of care in different places and different types of care, but it was also giving how much that had increased. I think it was like a year over year increase, but still some of the numbers were, some of them were three, four or 5%, but I saw 17% as we were going through some of those numbers. Right. Um, yeah. So, so your pool, whatever insurance you have should yeah. keep up with inflation. So yeah. if you think you've kind of insured yourself for three years of care as of today, 10 or 20 years down the road, you should still have enough money to get that amount of care. Yeah. Um, and another great thing about these, um, 
the hybrid policies is that is that you can if you change your mind, which I don't think happens very often in this world of long-term care, that someone would take out a policy and then a few years later say, "Eh, I'm good. I'll say I'll, I'll cancel it." But with the with the hybrid policies, there is actually a cash surrender value to them. Yes, right. You, you Pre- can back out of that yeah. policy at any time if you do it really early in the game. Yeah. You'll get less back yeah. than later. Yeah. Yes, you, there's a return of premium, and it's significant if you decide while well, you're still alive and well. I don't need this policy anymore. I think the rate of people actually activating that is in the single digits percentage-wise. Okay. There's almost no scenario you can think of why someone would do that. I've never recommended anyone. all of a sudden they can't afford a premium or they've just won $10 million in the lottery. I mean, there's these two extremes where people might say, uh eh, I don't need that anymore. I've had one experience in my career where I recommended someone get rid of their long-term what care insurance because an insurance professional, not you, recommended it to someone who could who should never have purchased it. She couldn't well, afford it. It wasn't appropriate, and yeah, she was talked so into it. Certainly. And he was paid a premium, paid a commission for it. Yeah, and it, well, it wasn't you clearly, but that's the one the one time in my life where it just wasn't suitable. Um, but yeah, no, I pretty much never. So I think what, one thing to point out, and I don't know that I can tell based on the illustration, is that we were talking about how traditional policies, the traditional long-term care, as compared to these hybrids, are more robust, I think. was that, Did I use that word or did you use that word? That was my um, word, I think. You used bang for your buck. Right, yeah, I'm talking about how much... How much money you have in your pool versus what your annual premium might be. Okay. It's higher. They're not, I I think I know where you're going, which means they might cover more, they're more comprehensive. Is that what you mean by robust? Uh, What I know, I think what I have seen after, for, for years of looking at these illustrations and comparing them with traditional policies, it seems to me that the monthly cap on the amount that someone can draw from a hybrid policy is a little bit more restrictive than on a traditional policy. No, no, it's not. You can yeah. get any, you can get um, 100% comparable monthly benefits, annual benefits on either one. You pick. You know, it, it's whatever you pick. But I get, but okay, but I guess if what's you, not comparable is the premiums, but right. so it's hard to compare apples well, to apples. It's just the more, yeah, yeah. Th- that's really what I meant by more bang for your buck. Okay. And, you know, the premiums annually on long term care. And, and just think of the logic of it. If you have a long term care policy, the insurance company is never going to have to pay a death benefit ever, ever, ever. If you have a combined hybrid policy, the insurance company is always going to have a death benefit. Right. They're going to have to pay you a death benefit, always. It may come in the form of long-term care money before you die. Okay. Um, But So premiums are higher uh, for hybrids. Right. Yes. And the structure of the amount that you – the structure of the premiums is very different as well, right? It's most most uh, traditional long-term care policies are what we were calling previously a life pay. They're a life pay it, it, until you get sick. Yes, right. exactly. Versus, you're absolutely correct. It's a huge difference. Um, the hybrid policies, when they first were introduced, they're not that old, maybe 15 years old. They were single pay. You had yeah. you paid one huge premium yeah. and you were done. Yeah. But it was a significant premium. Yeah. 
Um, it was like putting money in a savings account, you know, for the future. Right. Um, a big chunk. You now all of the you know the major providers have given options where you can pay in a single premium, and people still do all the time. Yeah. Or you can pay a lifetime premium or anything in between. Okay. The first thing I show my clients is a ten pay. I okay. love ten pays. It's important to point out that the premiums on these hybrid policies are fixed and guaranteed to never change. Yeah. Um, and that's because they're a life insurance product. Right? Well, because some life insurance premiums are variable, but it yes, it, these are structured so it's a fixed premium. A single pay is a big number. Yeah, most people, you know, aren't that keen on that unless they're moving assets from one pool or another. The other situation I see people buying them is if they've had an inheritance. Yeah, and they're and trying they have to a large amount of cash. Where to put their inheritance? You know, I they. We're gonna. I'm gonna put some in my retirement. I'm gonna put some in this. I'm gonna put some in paying for my long-term care, and they they have a big chunk. But the ten pay that I like to show people, which means paying premiums for ten years yep. and then you're done for life, is it just a more manageable number? Yeah, but I mean, you can choose your the duration of your premiums. Okay, I didn't know that there was a life pay option. Maybe I've just more frequently seen the ten pay. So, but and looking at so for the single pay option, for example, um, it depending on your age, but I'm looking at illustrations here that you pulled for a 50 and a 60 year old, they're about 60 to 70% of your starting death benefit. So think about that, like this, this particular one for oh, someone sure. age 60, yeah. the minimum death benefits, $156,000. You're paying in 110,000 well, off right, of that right. for a single premium. Right. right. So again, um, I go back to sort of in strategy, these policies that are hybrids, their strength is in the long-term care part of it. It's okay. not in the life insurance part of it. It's basically a return of premium on the life insurance side, if that's all you ever claim. Yeah. I could, if you die in the first year, there's a big payout, right? Yeah. How, so how much per month can you borrow from, like on these illustrations that you did? I, how much per month? 5000 a month. Okay, but, but borrow, borrow. I'm sorry, borrow is not the right word. How, yeah, your, if someone were to put in an, a long-term care insurance claim, in this in in this um, quote that I gave you, remember the consumer can, can pick any amount of insurance they want. Can they you? Can, okay, this quote is for up to five thousand a month. Okay, up to sixty thousand a year for six years. So day one, it's worth three hundred and sixty thousand dollars. So. Could you have selected 8000 a month? Yes, 10, 8, 2. Yeah. Okay. Any number you want. Yeah. But it think it's what, cap at the premium a month. Yeah. Do you have any idea like the impact on the premium if instead of like for for example we're looking at a It's fi- linear. Okay. If, if you went from 5000 to 6000 it would go up by 1/6. Kind of it's it's a very yeah, okay. direct okay. you know if you had a $3000 a month I'll make this a little simpler for me to think about yeah. a $3000 a month benefit might cost x a $6000 a month benefit is going to cost two times x where the where the death benefit is the same and the total pool of money that someone can borrow from is the same but you just have an ability to take more per month no right is it no. in that in that example where the no premium the, doubled. No, if you had a three thousand dollar a month benefit, your your premium would be much lower 
your death benefit would be lower. Oh, it would be lower. Yes. Okay. Yes. What I was trying to get at is, is I think the when the cap on the month, I would much rather see a long-term care insurance policy with a high monthly cap in terms of the amount that someone can draw yes. every month on their care, because we know that it could be eight, ten, twelve thousand a month. Yep. I would much rather see a high monthly cap and a shorter number of years, right? Than a low th- monthly cap and they a long call that short and fat. And okay. You can only do that. It's another strength of traditional long term care insurance policies. You can customize those any way you want. You can play with all of those. You can get a huge monthly benefit for only a year. Okay. That, that's, I think that's what I mean by restrictive on the hybrids, because can you have a short and oh, fat oh, policy? And yeah, that is what you, I'm sure okay. you did mean, and now it makes okay, sense. Okay, okay, okay. On the, the structure of the hybrid policies is fixed. They're oh. always six years. They okay, can't be three, okay, they thank can't you be for four, that. Okay. They can't be five. They're always six oh, years. Oh, okay. You can pick the monthly benefit over those six years. But then your pool of money is always multiplied by and your premium is 72 bigger, months. Yeah, right? okay. So if okay. You, but they're always, oh, they're okay. in a fixed structure. The first two years of those six draw down your death benefit. Got it. And the last four is extra. Okay. But yes, you cannot customize. That's one, you know, one restriction. Yeah. Another restriction that is important is that you can't have shared care. These no. are life insurance right. policies, so there's no sharing pools of money. Right, right. And I will just add, we're jumping into kind of not sophisticated, but complicated stuff in that it's th- these scenarios are all very specific to people. But, you know, there's a scenario that makes a lot of sense just in general of if it's a couple, if they've decided that the traditional long-term care is not, you know, the way to go for them, Oftentimes, the spouse will consider just straight-up life insurance with a accelerated death benefit. Yeah, okay. Because they expect to die early and they accept, or you know, before their spouse, and the wife gets the hybrid or okay. long-term care. It's an it's a nice pairing to get either traditional long-term care insurance for one and regular life insurance with a rider for another. Okay. Or a hybrid for one. And regular life insurance for another. Okay. Again, specific to the yeah. to the situation, you might choose a single solution. And again, we uh, I'm I'm trying to cover a lot of ground here. We keep talking about couples. This is incredibly relevant to single women, whether they're single, yeah, or widowed. Um, that you know, those situations can be customized too. Yeah. But in a couple situation, oftentimes. One one in the couple will get one solution and another a different product yeah. because of their situation, their age, their health, their finances. Where I think the hybrids are the most appropriate is where someone is um, like a high-income earner that's still in their working years that has a, a significant amount of excess cash flow because, like you said – uh, th- th- These th- are great for that. Yeah, that short pay structure where someone's like 55 and maybe they're going to work 10 more years and they maybe their kids are through college and, and they have some or extra not, cash flow. They have they you know do have this cash flow. Um, also because, again, we're jumping around. I feel like a ping pong a bit. I'm so sorry because we've only got like four minutes. I know. So hang do in it. there, audience. Do it, burn it up. But, um, you know, if you're, if you're youngish, I'm talking, you know, if you're in your 50s, I consider that youngish or early 60s and you're looking at these policies – if you did a pen, 10 pay in a hybrid policy, you pay for 10 years, you're done. Um, and 
the policy pool of money is going to continue to grow yeah. that inflation rate for you know another 10, 15, 20 years into the future. So you've paid for the insurance, you've put it aside, and there's a big bucket of money out there growing and waiting for you to need it. Yeah. If you never need it, yeah. you get all that premium back. Yeah. That structure makes so much sense to a certain profile of person. Yeah. I think another situation, as you alluded to a moment ago, that, that where these hybrids are very appropriate is where someone has a bunch of cash. Maybe they inherited it um, or maybe they've just been really good at accumulating cash and that cash isn't really working for some people. Just some people have that comfort level of holding cash. But, well, the, you know, one of the biggest providers of this will oftentimes in their market, marketing material refer to these as a reallocation of assets. They don't yeah. talk about buying a new insurance policy. Yeah. They say consider this in a, as a reallocation of assets. And there's, you know, there's a basically a fundamental good idea there. If you have some amount of money that you keep in very conservative investments that aren't growing, they can sit in a conservative investment over here, or you can move those monies into an insurance policy that has leveraged it may not be growing much, but it's leveraged that pool of yeah. money to a massive amount of long-term care if you need it. So that idea of reallocation of assets or a big influx of new money like an inheritance makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's, it, you know, it, it may be presented as marketing hype, but it's actually fundamentally financially a very sound idea. Insurance companies have always been very good at marketing. Yeah. <laughs> but I think I know, and reallocation. They, buildings, they call it selling reallocation. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I also, I, I was telling you that I have, I can think of like, I have a 40 something who is a high income earner, um, but you know, has, has expenses in her life and, you know, kids and stuff like that and college to think about. But, but she, we were having this just quick conversation because she's statistically pretty young to think about it, but she was, oh, they have an assurance for that. I, I got to figure out how to do, I, yeah, well, I'm going to figure out how to do this. Like, yeah. Too, to just, yeah. you know, knock some of these things off yeah. and, and let you retire meet either earlier or with more peace of mind. Yeah. Check the box. Long-term care is covered. Check the box. Yeah. All right. So we just have like another minute or so, but, um, what did we miss? I yeah. What I, I, I don't know, but I mean, just in closing, I guess I would, you know, want our listeners to know that first of all, there are, there are, are way that you people should be planning in some way for what if I need long-term care services or what if my spouse needs long-term care services and you know many people that have kids want to preserve their assets for their kids and how can I plan for this in such a way that we don't deplete our assets and we can still leave a a legacy a financial legacy to our children um, and you know people should know that there are insurance products out there that uh, that cover this risk um, if you if 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 you're interested in transferring this risk to an insurance company um, and I think that the traditional policies and the hybrid policies are very appropriate in different situations and for different people um, and I, and I guess the last thing is that I wanted people to know that there are these that there are options beyond the traditional long-term care insurance which is as we talked about a use it or lose it policy and there are these hybrid products that aren't and, and I guess I would add, start with, if you have a financial advisor, start with your advisor and ask yeah. them. And then I encourage, I meet with clients all the time and um, who have no idea what they want and if they need it. And it's usually a very long education process. Mm. Um, and it, and if, if, you've, if, if you're in contact with a good insurance person, 
they don't charge for those kind of um, advisory sessions. Yeah. Find out what your options are. Yeah. It's a, it usually takes my clients two or three months to make a decision as to whether they want to even move forward. It's yeah. usually two or three meetings. That's good. Yeah. Um, and I know least, you don't charge for those consultations. I don't, I, and I don't charge for them. For and, one and, yeah. um, you know, I just encourage people to find out what the facts are for you. You may decide it's not a good solution. Yeah. But at least find out what the options are. Bernadette Faulkner, Faulkner Advisory. I uh, love Thank this. you so much. 781, what's your number? I think this is the most fun to talk about ever. 781-856-7694 or call McNamara Financial. Thank you so much for your time. I'm You're Alyssa welcome. McNamara-Reed. You can find out more about me, McNamarafinancial.com. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs>